you know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is time for us, we being those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, freshly arrived from the uh, lesson tee. I like being freshly a lot arrived from the lesson tee. It's a fun place, man. You chose careers wisely. I did. I got lucky. I, today was a good day. Like my last five lessons of the day. So afternoon lunch, right? You get back. And I have this great guy. He's a former military uh, lieutenant, served his time in Vietnam and on and on, gave me some really good stories about it. It was a really good um, feeling to help someone be happy with their golf game who have sacrificed a lot of things, including limb. Like we talk, like to talk about life and limb. Well, he still has life, but he, right. he has a new limb. Right. And it was fun to watch him and help him. He has an interesting time gripping the club with his left hand because it's different than yours and mine but yet he just views it differently and he just says look you've seen this before i said yeah he goes it's just a clamp i said yeah he goes i do have issues with how do i hold my club because i don't get the full range of hey just a little softer he says, right. there's just little points where there's just certain things. So I, you know, he's certainly got a firm wrist, right? Not mm -hmm. a lot of suppleness built into that one, as yes, we can tell, is. right? Mm -hmm. and as, you know, it, it isn't uh, a human wrist. It's a, it's a nice prosthetic and it works really well. However, in golf, we needed to do a few things. So we found out what he could do with it. And then we made his elbow do the rest. And yeah. he looked at me and went, Nobody's ever said that to me before. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to use your left elbow since that seems to be the thing that puts the club in the right place. Let's yeah. do that. He's like, huh. wow. And all of a sudden, ball went straight and he hit it solid. Things improved. It was fun. And, then, you know, and after that, I felt this deep sense of gratitude because I, I just helped someone who helped us. Yeah. Right. I got you. Pay, pay then, back. Make you feel good, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got to work with this young lady who was scared to death. She'd never taken a golf lesson before. She just came into golf. Ah, okay. So back to back, I've got these two folks. And, and what she says to me is, my husband's family plays a lot of golf. And she just has to get into it. And, you know, she said, if I'm going to be part of this family, and I'm like, aren't you already part of it? <laughs> you just got married, right? So here she is, young lady, just got married. And she's scared to death because she's never played a stick and a ball sport. She's a track athlete and a swimmer. Uh -huh. The first thing we did was work on a little hand-eye coordination. And lo and behold, she found out she had plenty. Well, there you go. Here it is. I got her hitting a golf ball by not talking about golf. Mm -hmm. I gave her things to do that related to other movements. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And I can do that. Like, okay, let's go do it. And lo and behold, boom, golf swing. Wait a minute. I thought I was supposed to think about all this. I'm like, no, you don't have to. So she's moving well and she's out there popping her driver. I have her hit her driver early on. So she wouldn't be afraid of it. Right. So she'd see what it could do. Right. I had her propped it up on a tee and moved it up on her shoulder and, you know, had her tilt to the right and said, Hey, let's just swing uphill. She's like, okay, this is what will, what will that get me? And I said, just watch. So she imagined swinging up a ramp. 
Mm-hmm. And then boom, ball launched high. And she looked at me with a big smile on her face and said, Hey, that's me. Can I hit it harder? I'm like, please <laughs> be my guest. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she starts hitting it harder and it goes higher and it goes farther. And she looks at me and goes, Can I make it go straighter? How do I make it go straighter? I'm like, wow, you asked the greatest questions ever. I gave her the hit it straighter thing. And lo and behold, she could hit it with her right hand really well. Okay. So she goes, well, this doesn't seem all that hard. I said, good. Keep thinking that about golf. Yeah. And we sat there for most of the time after she learned to hit her driver, just hitting driver. Very cool. She loved it. Yeah. All of a sudden, the stigma of golf went away. And right? the, Oh, my and, gosh. I don't know if I could do this. And she saw the. Uh, it's all good. The potential fun. Oh, she did. Not only hitting it well, but hitting it past certain people who may already be playing golf in her family. Yeah, well, that's kind (laughs) of probably going to happen, right? Probably going to happen, right? And then the next lesson, I get this this older fella, right? He's like 80. Like, John, I mean, I swear to God, he looked just like you. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Except older. That's <laughs> older, right? Well, yeah, okay. Well, let's let's move on now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And so here he is, and he said, I I'm a student of the game. I've been playing golf now for 45 years. He says, I've heard about you as a teacher. He said, I just want to come and hear what it's all about. And I said, Well, I don't have any idea what it's all about. He goes, well, What do you mean? You don't have a shtick? And I'm like, No, what what uh, what do you want the ball to do? Let me see it and see what you do. And next thing you know, he's telling me about how his ball slices. And After 45 years? On and on and on, right? He's telling me, he's like, here's what happens. I'm like, okay. I said, well, why don't you tell me what you know needs to happen? And then we'll talk about how you can get it done. He's like, okay, so my swing has to come inside to out. I said, okay. So what does that really mean? He goes, well, it needs to come from, I need to turn and get back over here. I said, yeah, okay. So how do we think we're going to let you do that? And so I just led him down the road of giving me the answers. Right. Because he's a student of the game. So I just led him down the right. I I asked him questions and he answered them. And next thing you know, his ball went better. And all I did was teach nothing. Yeah. I asked him questions and let him come to the simple conclusion that if he did this, then the club could come from the right place. And then the ball would then need to start right. just a little right of center and then curve back to center. And he looked at me and said, well, that has to be because the club face has to be a little bit left of my swing direction. And I'm already swinging from behind me, you know, out in front there. And I'm like, right. sure. How are you going to do it? He goes, well, I'm going to take my grip and I'm going to turn it to here. I said, okay. And I watched him and he just gave himself the golf lesson. <laughs> you and still collected the money though, right? Of course I did. I'm not oh, okay, just checking, man. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Oh man. Hey, listen. And so that was cool, right? Yeah. So I just give him a golf lesson by asking him questions, and he came to the conclusion himself. And at the end of the thing, he goes, "Well, this was pretty easy." He said it was painless. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good. And there you go. There's your stick. I'm an anesthesiologist now. <laughs> Take away pain. It don't hurt at all, um, man. I. <laughs> I, I suffered some pain last week, and I think we need to talk about it so that we can uh, anesthetize the rest of the world against this kind of pain. 
But before we go any further, I want to assure you that the pain I'm about to talk about is not of the physical variety because I have been stretching and stretching not only a few minutes before each round, but at home on a regular basis using my new Castle Flex has really, really helped my body get through 18 holes much more comfortably. Castle Flex was invented by a man named Dan Castle. He was struggling with herniated discs. Within a year of using what he invented, the Castle Flex, his disc problems were gone. That's amazing, right? You want to say, well, what's it about golf? Well, how about Jean Rahm? He's only the PGA's number one ranked golfer. Titleist Performance Institute has introduced it to all of their members after seeing Rahm use it. What is it, you ask? Well, it's a patented device. It allows the user to hold an easy-to-grip weighted brushed aluminum bar. Your foot goes into a specially designed foot hammock, and that pulls your toes, allowing your entire leg to get stretched. There are myriad exercises available. You can watch them on YouTube to see how to use it. It's a great piece of equipment. I highly recommend it and want you to get one. Because you're listening to us right now, you can get 10% off your order by going to castleflex.com and using the promo code weekend10. That's the number 10, weekend10. C-A-S-T-L-E-F-L-E-X-X.com. That's right, two X's and use the promo code weekend10, weekend10 for 10% off. Castleflex, it's the future of mobility. Now about my pain. Oh but God, here we go. This this is the kind of pain is don't at the last minute when you get to a golf course decide that that is the time you want to get your club regripped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Luckily I had another putter in the car <laughs> <laughs> or it would have been a very, very hard 18 holes. <laughs> but I mean, th- there are, there are a few things you should do with your club, especially this early in the golf season. And, and one of them is make sure that the grips are right. Make sure that, you know, you've got grooves in your wedges. Yeah. You know, make make sure that the hosels aren't about to unwind ones. completely and fall off the next time you swing one of your fairway woods, you know? <laughs> so please finish the story for us all. Please tell me that you decided to get your grip on your putter change before the round of golf, but you did, please tell me you did not cut the grip, the current grip off at home and have to go get it re-gripped. Oh no, no, uh, no, no. At the golf course before you play. Okay, good. Because no, I was just, I just walked into the pro shop and I was about to pay. And I said, anybody here can re-grip my putter today. And the guy behind the counter said, yeah, I can leave it here. <laughs> he said, do, do you have a, do you have a grip? I said, yep. I handed him the new grip. I handed him the old putter and, Suddenly he walked away with it and I went, Oh crap, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then got back to the car and realized that I still had my my old putter in the car, luckily. So so had I been there with you, I would have broken out my camera. Yeah. And I would videotape the look on your face when you realized, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> and and then and then you would have heard my voice on the camera after laughing. I would have said something along the lines of, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> See, that's just it. I didn't think. So we're doing this show for you this week so that you will think. You'll get everything taken care of and you won't find yourself out in the middle of the golf course missing something very necessary. 
Regardless of weekend golf, guys, hang out because we're going to tell you how to do it all when we come right back. hear that a lot at chickendinnercasino.com because we have so many winners. That's because we have so many ways to win, including slots, blackjack, poker, and more. Of course, you can step into our sports book and bet on any sport, including the NBA playoffs and Major League Baseball, with some of the best bonuses around. But don't just take my word for it. Hey, it's Heath Bell here, former pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Hey, this is Ryan Sandberg, Chicago Cubs Baseball Hall of Famer, number 23 retired. Hey, it's 2017 NBA Slam Dunk champion, Glenn Robinson III here. Be a winner by playing chickendinnercasino.com. Winner, winner! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Chicken dinner casino where you can become a winner winner like me and our listeners get special offers just go to chickendinnercasino.com slash sports that's chickendinnercasino.com slash sports and you could be a winner winner today and we are back those weekend golf guys i'm john ashton he is jeff smith so jeff from the standpoint of the club maker, the club fitter, the club aficionado, whatever you want to call yourself yes. for this particular segment, what kind of stuff do we need to be aware of? Things that will maybe not hurt us so badly, but if we make the right changes, could improve it equipment-wise. I mean, if you're used to playing with old grips, how, how much right. better would your iron play be if you got them regripped? All right, so let's think about certain classifications of old grips. Okay. Let's start with the most common classification of old grips. They're slick and crusty. Those are going to cost you some strokes right away there, folks, because it's going to make you hold on a little bit tighter so the dang thing doesn't just fly out of your hands. Right. Right? Those old grips, you got to replace them. You got to get something that you can hold with your hands being firm enough to hold it well, but soft enough that your wrists are still supple to give good, clean motion in takeaway and downswing. Second category of grips that are old are the ones that have wear spots on them. For example, about, let's say, not on the top of the grip and not dead on the side of the grip, there's that space under your left hand that is somewhere around the 2 o'clock portion of the grip, mm -hmm. right? So 12 o'clock would be the top, 3 o'clock would be dead on the side, right? About 2 o'clock, you'll find on some of these grips a worn spot where someone has been placing their left thumb for quite some time. Mm -hmm. This is the training aid grip. This is the one that if you have a good, well-established grip, as in your placement of the hands on that club, you're going to want to know that that's going to change when you put on a new grip. So you may want to really get a hold of the new clubs that you've got after you regrip them. And start to realize what the feel is now, because you had a feel where you wore out that one spot. Yeah. You know, and it's gonna feel different. I would instantly get your, your grip right, your hands correctly on the on the grip, and then start to mold that one a little bit and get your get the feel of that because otherwise you got trouble. Right? right. And the third category of the grip are the worst category category of all. They're falling apart. Mm -hmm. Those ones have been on there so stinking long. Methuselah himself put it on. <laughs> uh, right? I hear he was pretty good at it, though. Right? You know, <laughs> he was. But I remember 
you know, it, interestingly enough, there, you know, there's some of those old clubs in the Sam Sneed era, uh-huh. you know, and they had those leather wrapped grips. Yeah. Some of those, they had a, a bevel on the butt end of the club that was about a 45 degree angle going across the shaft from left to right, low left to high right okay. at about a 45 degree angle. Mm-hmm. Those at the time were illegal, and the USGA has since said no because that's a swing trainer aid, right? But they had those, and it was really pretty cool. And those are old school grips that I have on some old clubs just to show people how to actually help put their hand on the club better. Oh, okay. It's unbelievable how easy it is to square the the club in your hands when you've got a grip that's essentially preformed and put in a place that works. Yeah. Squaring it for you. If you just put your fingers yeah, where they're supposed to be. <laughs> that's pretty easy. Yeah. What about grips? So you look that, at these things. Go ahead. I was going to say, what Go about ahead. grips that leave like colors on your glove when you take your hand off of it? Is that a sign <laughs> that that's worn out? You know, it is. They leave <laughs> this residue. And they sometimes they leave these little crusties like it's disintegrating. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Go get those bad boys changed because they're costing you strokes, folks. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's my story. Now I don't know what to do. Now the grip's been changed. I don't have that excuse anymore for bad putting. No, you just say, hey, I got a brand new grip. It feels funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to, that's ah, an old slick grip. I got, I got to get that thing changed. Yeah. Now it's, now it's, yeah. I just got this thing changed, and I haven't got used to the feel of it yet. I, I just don't know what to do with my hands. Let me ask oh, you a question: Do, do <laughs> irons wear out? Oh, I know yeah. techno- technology exceeds what you have, but do they stop working well? Do they? Do well, they I mean, think about it. Here, you you can tell. Look, we've all seen photos in magazines of tigers clubs mm-hmm. with the little dot worn out in the center the purest yeah. portion of the club it is the most obnoxious yeah it is right so yeah. the answer there is fairly obvious yes your irons can wear out if you hit them far or long enough in the mm-hmm. same spot right okay. because he uses softer metal clubs so they feel better Mm-hmm. And when you use softer metal clubs, you keep hitting it in the same spot all the time. And yeah, that part's going to wear down. Yeah, you'll have and an then, indentation. And then the stinking face is going to have an indentation. It's right. concave. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, can't use that one anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can't. That's right. So that's when you just call now, the manufacturer the, and tell them you need it replaced by right. next Now, Thursday. for the average Joe, that when he wants to use that as an excuse so he can go out and buy new ones, he can have some sort of evidence that says the irons will wear out. Yeah. But the average Joe is not going to hit that many golf balls in one very specific spot on the club face. And so his aren't wearing out. So the answer is yes, but probably never for the people who are listening to this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they can, but not you. But but you can still use it as an excuse. Look, they're going to anyway. She'll right? never know. You know, <laughs> she'll never know. And she'll never know what you paid for. Them. That's right. That's right. That's that's yeah. the biggest fear of many golfers is that, you know, there's a store. I, I saw this on the Internet and I really needed to keep it for the for our show and put it on the 
put it on our Facebook page, but it just escaped me. Mm-hmm. And and now I can't find it. But there's a store somewhere where it's a, a golf store. And part of their advertising is we'll make the receipts say anything you want. <laughs> so you can tell your wife this is all you paid for them. I just had a, a, a good friend, golfer friend, pass away last couple of days. And uh, he, he had told me a couple of years ago that his big fear was that when he did pass away, his wife would sell his clubs for what he told her he paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah. an honest to God is that just means that she got less because he was already gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That's just yeah. how that is. But you know that, but that's, that's, Neither here nor there. Um, what, but you what, know, let me look, let me jump in here and ask again in in like part two of that question is what are the signs that your irons are wearing out? Oh, well, the first thing is you look at the grooves. Okay, right. And if they're you know you run your hands over them and you get the things cleaned out and they just don't feel like if this if the surface is becoming smooth to the touch. Okay. Right. Where you know that the faces that were milled, you know, little little neurons all over the place to create some some friction, when those mm-hmm. become like uber slick, mm-hmm. you're starting to okay. lose some of that. And and what I do is the fingernail test. Okay. So you take your fingernail out and you run it through the grooves and you go up and down the face. And if the grooves no longer catch your fingernail or your fingernail no longer catches in these grooves and kind of gives you that little rough, bumpy feeling as you scrape from top to bottom or bottom to top. Mm-hmm. And they're no longer, you know, if it's kind of smooth and they're not really grabbing the fingernail anymore, then they're probably not going to put too much. They're not going to put very much spin on the ball anymore. Okay. And again, right? the face of the iron is not supposed to look like the face of your driver. No, it's not. The yeah. face of your driver is slick and smooth so that it won't produce much spin. Right. 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 We're not trying to have grooves that create, you know, help create spin because the, the grooves help wick away moisture and whatnot. What we're trying to do with drivers is to have as little spin on the ball Right, to, we're trying to minimize the spin on the ball, so um, they're taking those grooves away. Right. So if you check out your irons and they seem to be a little smooth, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, we'd love to see those where the grooves were actually sharp. Right. Yeah, they do have groove sharpeners on the market. Yes. That you could buy, and they're like 15, 20 bucks or something, and you'll sit there and scrape through your, the faces of your irons. So here's the problem with that. Most people will do it when there's not much groove left and then they're pushing hard and scraping and scraping and scraping. And next thing you know, they can't keep it within the original groove lines anyway. Now they just got these gashes all over the club (laughs) and then they're mad. They're like, I paid $15 for this stinking thing online. I am wearing them out. Now I'm wrecking my clubs. I paid to do it. Oh well, so be careful and the stick of things on eBay. <laughs> read the instructions carefully. All right. That's yeah. that's our, our caveat. Read the instructions carefully. We've got more. Yes. How do you how do you get your equipment ready? And do you how do you make sure it is ready for a season? Because you don't want to have to 
make excuses. This is the year you're going to break whatever your number is and you need the right equipment to do that. So we'll be back and check out some more suggestions when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hi, this is John Ashton, and I am looking to eat better this year. If you have made the resolution to eat better this year, we have a deal for you that's going to make it so easy and delicious. It's called Green Chef. They are the number one meal kit for eating well. No matter what kind of lifestyle you're looking for, let's say keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, even gluten-free, and whatever you choose, you can get it through Green Chef. Now, the recipes feature organic produce, premium proteins, sustainably sourced ingredients. And you know that if you do this Green Chef meal kit deal, you will reduce your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping. You need to go to greenchef.com slash weekend60 and use the code weekend60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash weekend60 and use the code weekend60 to get 60%, that's 60% off plus free shipping. It is us, those weekend golf guys. We're back. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Thanks for hanging. And uh, it is the beginning of the golf season for the majority, well, for everybody. I know a lot of you in the Southwest and the Southeast have been playing and the hardy ones who can play when it's, you know, 17 below and think it's a wonderful, balmy day. You've been playing all year too, but, you know, haha, most of us haven't. So we're talking about uh, equipment wearing out. Grips are probably the first thing to go. Which yeah. are you one of those that that suggests you change your grips like every year or two anyhow, just on general principles? Does it no, totally depend I, on how often you play and what condition? It depends on how it, right. It really truly depends on it because here's my answer again, right? It depends. It depends. <laughs> okay. I haven't changed grips on my clubs in two plus years because I'm not playing much. I was gonna say you've played three times in no time time span. So. I, yeah, right. I mean, so it isn't a matter of time, it's really a matter of wear and tear. Right. Right. How slick do they get when you're, you know, your hands have oils in them and whatnot. And, and then how does the rubber last over time? And then there's the, um, how do you store them? Right. If you've stored mm-hmm. them in a dry place, then they may crack on you, you know, yeah. a little bit. I mean, you know, so you just, you look at them from a condition standpoint and you don't use a calendar to do that. So think about changing the oil in your car. It's a lot like that. It's really better to do it on mileage than it is about three months. Every three months, you should change your oil. Really? This car sits in the garage for six months at a time. (laughs) I don't drive it very often. You know, I put about 3,000 miles on the Mustang every, I don't know, 3,000 miles a year on the thing because we're just driving it around. You think we're changing the oil every year? No. No, because it's mileage. Let's do the same thing with golf grips and say it's, Just check the condition, right? And you practice with seven irons and pitching wedges and wedge, 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 right? Those you're going to have to change more often. Right. Just like you're going to have to trade out wedges, you know, because wedges like um, around the green, you hit tons and tons of, well, not you, John, but real good (laughs) players who practice their short game a lot. Uh They're going through two sets of wedges a year because they practice that a lot because they want to score better. I didn't know if that was loud enough to be a hint thrown at you. <laughs> anyway, here's the truth of that, John. You've had your wedges how many years now? Sorry. A few. A few, right? Well, go I do something about that. I got a new one last that. year. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what, what? Why are you lying to me? 
I'm not you lying to you. Buy, you didn't buy it. Somebody gave it to you. Well, okay, I got a new wedge last okay. year. Okay, <laughs> there we go. We did a commercial. You got a wedge out of it. That's how you're doing it. I know. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> you can't fool me. <laughs> if you would practice enough that the grooves on your wedges would go You'd also have to change the grips on your wedges too, right? And your wedge and your grip would wear out before your grooves. So then, why don't you just go buy a new wedge? Oh, there's a novel one. Yeah. Or you could just do another commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, we'll do two commercials for two wedges, and we'll just put this one in the closet. <laughs> Bring it out for emergency purposes only. Here's yeah. a thought. All yes. right, so let's here. Let's talk to the to the the serious players in the crowd. Okay. The people who actually will go through a wedge every once in a while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody listen up. I have conversations with my tournament players a lot on these kind of things. What always happens? They keep one wedge in the bag until the groove start to wear down and the sole plate starts to wear down. And then they go switch it out for another one. And then what they're doing is they're, gradually as the wedge wears down the the spin doesn't hold as much and next thing you know they're hitting a bunch of shots that don't spin and don't get as close as often because they're starting to wear down the grooves on one of the wedges that they use a lot and then they finally go switch it out put a new wedge in their bag and now the dang thing's zipping all over the green and stopping because they got new grooves right yeah yeah and they go through this cycle so here's what i say to a lot of these people trade out your wedge with the other one Every other week, get them exactly the same and go get every other week and then put some in the rotation. So that way you don't wear down one, get used to it. It's like brakes on your car. It starts to wear down. You go get new brakes, brake pads, put it in your car, and then all of a sudden stopping very quickly. Right. And now your game changes dramatically and your score changes dramatically because at some point you're playing a wedge that you want it to spin and then it doesn't spin enough anymore. And then all of a sudden you get used to playing that rollout shot. And then all of a sudden you put the new wedge in your hand and you hit the shot and the dang thing stops on a dime. And you're like, dang it, I got new wedge. No, let them wear down about the same all the time and then rotate in the third wedge. And next thing you know, you have wedges that are not wearing down per wedge very fast. And now you're more consistent in how you play each short game shot. That would lead one to believe that unless, of course, you were an expert at at the manufacturing of golf clubs and could look at a wedge and tell how much wear it had on the face and the grooves, you probably should shy away from buying used equipment. Yeah. Okay. I would agree. I would agree. That's very astute of you. Yeah. Thanks. You're not the the first to call me a stoop or stoop. (laughs) I used it in a sentence. Would you like me to spell it now? No, that's okay. (laughs) No, I mean, and that's sad because, because a lot of us, you know, if it wasn't for used equipment, we couldn't afford any equipment at all. True. And that's why, especially the the top of the line name brand stuff, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's why I'm addressing the, the, the the serious players in the crowd, right? Right, right. So, so do you have a little primer on how to tell if a if a club is close to being worn out? 
Well, a lot of I us don't know enough about the clubs to be able to look at one and say these grooves are normal or these grooves are shallow or whatever. Well, you could take take a look at it, right? You could you could kind of like try to imagine you were cleaning your club. Okay. And you had one of those plastic bristled brushes. Right. And you do that scrape across the face from top to bottom, bottom to top. Yep. And if you feel that the bristles are being caught by the grooves. Okay. Right. You can feel the resistance of that. But what if there's no resistance at all? And it starts feeling very slick, like you're going over a driver face. And, and then all of a sudden the grooves are not doing you any good. Right. They're too shallow. Yeah. Gotcha. Yes. Cool. Yes. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Mm-hmm. So now thickness, let's talk thickness. And then we'll, we've got just about Is that uh, like, is a minute like and a half editors? here, but we'll we'll do it again when we come right back from the next break. But the the size of the grip, because now they're they've got the jumbo grips and the medium grips and the normal grips and the skinny grips. Is yeah. it is it what feels good? Is it what your hand size is, like your glove size, or I mean, what what determines well, look, the 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 best way to say this without saying it depends. It's more about the performance of a certain size grip and how it works in your hands. Now, there are people with small hands that need bigger grips. Why? Because maybe they're arthritic, Yeah. right? Or maybe they just don't have the, the feel when they put a smaller grip in their hands that maybe they start gripping it too tightly at that point. Right. Right, so what I do is I have players test a couple of different size grips to see how their hand action, wrist action works and can they square the club face quicker or not so much with one that's fatter or th- smaller in diameter? Right. Right. So I'll give them, I'll test it. That's, and that's really the whole thing. There is, there is no one right way to do anything in golf, even yeah, buying right. equipment. Yeah. Look, there's people out there with grip size charts, you know, like your hand size. If this glove fits you, then this is, this size grip for you, but that's not true at all. Yeah. Because there are people out there who fit into a particular glove. I had daughters, both of them, small, um, small ladies, uh, size gloves, right? Thin, not fat, meaty, bulbous hands, but thin hands with long fingers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these size gloves fit, but they wound up playing men's mid-size diameter grips. Why? Long fingers. For performance reasons. Yeah. It filled up their hand at the right way so that their hand action could work beautifully. But if they were to use smaller, say, ladies' diameter grips, their fingers would go wrap around and it would engulf the shaft and then they would be squeezing. Right. And it didn't work. And, so and digging their fingernails point. into the palm of their hands. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep. So if somebody says, if this is your glove size, then this is your grip size, they're just going off something that somebody decided to make up because they like how a chart should feel. And, oh, it's very chart-like. It's got to be here, and that matches up with this over there, and that's yeah. got to match up with that over there. And people just, aren't that way. People just people like to are, make golf easy. Yeah. And I mean, they're they, trying to do that, and it doesn't work. Right, because people are messy. 
Yeah, they certainly are. We've got more time. We've got more uh, suggestions and more ways to make sure that what you're heading out to the course with this season is going to be the best for you when we come right back. Don't you move. We are those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golf guys. If you're one of those companies that stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during that challenging time. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. You heard that right. Up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at refundsasap.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work. Then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let refundsasap.com help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. Refundsasap.com. And we are back for a while yet. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, uh, collectively known as those weekend golf guys. And uh, have you seen the latest video that Paige Spiranak has made? I've not seen it, no. She has done a video on how to hit your drive farther. She said to tee it up a little bit higher and place it a little bit farther forward in your stance and swing like hell. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Good information. And she hit the drive almost 300 yards. But are people saying, wow, that page, man, she should have been, she should have stayed on tour. She can really play. Uh, She knows what she's talking about. That was, no, they're talking about how tight her shirt was. Yeah. How inappropriate it was for her to make a video wearing that shirt. Okay. So apparently that's, look, she's decided that's how she wants to make her career. That's how she gets people to pay attention to her. She's a golf professional model. Okay. Let it be that way. Exactly. I mean, you know, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Speaking of some internet famous people who are making golf instruction videos, Mm -hmm. I was at the Masters and lo and behold, I ran into this gentleman two times and he is internet famous. It is Manolo Manolo. of Manolo (laughs) Teaches Golf. Did you learn how to play golf more better from Manolo? I learned how not to be nasty. Because he continually said, even in his normal shtick, when he was just talking to people, don't be uh-huh. nasty. <laughs> right? Yes. I did learn, however, that he's only about five foot five. That's but cool, it was man. it was interesting to see an internet famous guy. Now, here's the kicker about this. He's not a, a bona fide teacher, as in with students. Right. He's an entertainer and a very yeah. funny man. Yeah, he's a comedian, man. That's that's his shtick. I'll give him credit. And he's chosen his passion at golf, and he has made himself famous. You know, I'll bet you the guy's got some some real credentials with people who want to pay him to come and put on his shtick. 
I, I imagine he would. He's probably um, doing a caricature of some of the golf teachers he's probably run into in his career. Th- that stuff's all over the place. He's making it worth watching. Much yeah. like Paige Sparenic. I- I'm not sure how to s- pronounce her last name. So if she's listening, which I- she probably isn't, if I've <laughs> said it poorly, I'm sorry. I don't know the correct pronunciation of your last name. Tell you what, Paige, so, why don't you call us and tell us how to say it? Sure. That'd be great. <laughs> but you know what? Look, people always want to say this or that or the other thing about people on the internet. Yeah, uh, this person, ah, she shouldn't wear that shirt. Whatever. Maybe she maybe she should, maybe she shouldn't. That's for her to decide. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I there there to. are people out there doing all kinds of things that are far worse than, than whatever she's doing. Exactly. So, Check out some of the golfing babes on TikTok. I haven't seen some of that either. Some of them have very questionable fashion sense, and we'll just leave it at that. But we're still talking about equipment and how to know if it is up to par or if it can get you a par, however you want to look at it for this season. Right. Who could you go to? I'm suspicious by nature. It keeps me negatively thinking about a lot of things. But if I went to a person who sold clubs and said, what condition are these clubs in? And they told me these are past their prime. You need new ones. I would be very suspicious. Who can you go to if you don't know what you are looking for to actually get an outside third opinion about what condition and what you might need to do to, to make them better for you? All right. So let's first, you know, for the skeptics and the cynics in the crowd, that would be you and I. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. You're the skeptic. I'm the cynic. It's just how that works. Let's understand that when you go to a place that sells new equipment, that's how they make their living. And of course, the answer to the question for you to walk in and say, are these clubs worth anything anymore? The answer is, let's go to the computer and find out what they're worth. That means what someone's going to give you for them. Right. Right. That's their way of valuing a club. They're always going to say, that the old clubs are used up. They're washed yeah. up. They've yeah. seen their heyday. Let them go. Technology their, has passed you by. Yeah, right. And the truth is, is that on some things, they're correct. Mm-hmm. And on some things, the newer stuff isn't any better. Ask someone that you've trusted in the game for a long time to tell you the truth. Will I really gain something else out of these clubs? Look at your current specs, like the lofts of them and the weighting in them. And if they're heavily perimeter weighted clubs with certain lengths, then the length lie and head weight, meaning the, where did they put the weight in the head? Not just overall what the head weigh, right? Um, Those are going to be the biggest dictators of the golf ball flying. Okay. Right. So, does one club perform better than others? Is one club more forgiving than others? That would be the weight distribution in the head. Right. Okay. Right. It's not the shiny coat of, of uh, zinc that they put on top. Of them. <laughs> it's not the little chrome finish. It's not that. That's yeah. the part that sells you on them. But that's not the function piece. Yeah. yeah. Right? Don't buy them because they're purdy. Yeah, buy the ones that you should buy. If you're going to spend money, don't go, oh, I got to have a new set of these because I like this brand. That's not such a great idea. No. 
if you're going to spend, look, a lot of us don't have a, you know, 500 to to $1,000 to just roll around with and go, hey, look, I got this much money sitting in my pocket. I think I'll just blow it on a new set of clubs. Okay. Most of us aren't like that. No. So if you're going to spend some money that you actually care about, do a little research first. Test them, hit them, find out, are they really better than yours? And if so, to what dollar value do they have to you that are better than yours? Right. Because what if they're just a little tiny bit better than yours and they cost you $800? Yeah. You got to think about that one, don't you? Exactly. What if, they're, what, what if all of a sudden you're a full club longer? All right. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you're like, huh. Now we got some talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're like, yeah. Okay, and again, so you know, but they're, they're the people that are going to sell you on those new clubs are always going to tell you that yours are obsolete. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you may want to go to a, to a golf professional uh, teacher and just say, listen, should I buy new clubs or get better lessons? <laughs> Maybe then you, you might want to rephrase that. Answer. If you're already going to the guy, and then no, you not say, you, no, go or get better lessons. If you're not going for lessons yet, just go say, listen, if I walked up and said, Jeff, man, listen, should, uh, should I get new clubs or should I just pay you for lessons? <laughs> then so, my cynicism kicks in again, but well, but, but here's the thing, right? What if all of a sudden a good golf lesson can help you perform better with the current level of equipment? How much money did you just save? 800 bucks or a thousand or uh, 1200 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there then you again, go. you have a good golf lesson and you do better with the clubs you have. How much better could you do if you had better clubs? <laughs> well, maybe. Right. It's, yeah. But, I know. It but gets you, like you know, you, everybody wants to think that they all do because we're all trying to get better in every way, shape or form. And we'll look at any combination of, of answers that says things are going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we will. We will just, just to, you know, break whatever. If I shot an 87 last week, I'm going to shoot an 86 this week. If it kills me, if I have to buy new clubs to do it, well, so be it. But you know, you know what I'd say to people that, that are dying for one extra stroke, but putt better. Yeah. Just one time. Putt better. <laughs> just one time. That's all it'll take. Get one more fairway. <laughs> Putt better, get it up and down better. Yep. Right. Yep. If that's the one thing that's going to satisfy you, one thing or another, that's where it's going to come from. Okay. So just right. do yourself a favor, man. I mean, you know, last week we told you how to check the, the speed of the green with with you know practicing the putting on the on the practice green, but not at a hole at trying to get it to the fringe and then back to where you started and all that kind of stuff. We, if you haven't listened to that episode, you can go back and listen to it now. Um, but hopefully this week you will know that you can check your grips, check, uh, you know, the, the condition of the, um, especially your wedges, check that condition, make sure they're working properly. Um, if, and if you play a lot and you play well a lot, then, you know, like Jeff said, you may want to get two sets so you can rotate them in every week or two. Uh, just, yeah. it's going to be a great season. This is the season you stick with us and this is the season you're going to break whatever it is you want to break. So we don't need to know what it is. You just tell yourself what you want to break and then listen to us and we'll help you break it. I'm thinking about breaking a kitchen, a vase on a kitchen table. 
I don't like it. <laughs> Thinking of golf ball, a little practice in the house would help. <laughs> yeah, we, we've already nixed that idea. But anyhow, hopefully you will uh, take this to heart. You'll check, uh, go through the bag, at least clean them, you know, and then check the grips. And like I said, if it's leaving a residue on your golf glove, it may be time to ch- change those grips too. But uh, get your equipment up to snuff, up to par, however you want to put it so that you will be able to play your best the next time you go out and play some golf. 